Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. I have two verses that I want to read. Both of them are kind of lengthy, and then we're going to talk about uh, this, this last part of starting over. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 through 17 says this, Then the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and tend it. Work it and tend it. I, I'm, I'm emphasizing those two words. Everybody say work. Come on. Work and tend. Come on, say that. All right, let's try it again. Come on, we're waking you up this morning. Everybody say work. work. Everybody say tend. Okay, he put Adam and Eve in the garden to do this. They had a responsibility. Okay, and the Lord God commanded them, man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree in the garden. All of this is yours. You can eat from all of it. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Okay, let's kind of have our little uh, Netflix moment, okay, where we visually put ourselves here. We're in the garden. God's having a little staff meeting. Adam is here, says you can have anything, eat whatever you want. Apples, eat your apples. Oranges, eat your oranges. Bananas, go for it. But this tree right over here, the knowledge of good and evil. See, I think what holds us back from really becoming all that God has for us is many we would preach the bad things. But I love the tree is good and evil. And here's the deal. Good is the worst enemy of best. Many times in our life, we settle for good when God has something so much better for us. And I love how he links what is good and what is bad together. And what God says is don't eat that. Don't eat that. Another verse that I think correlates with this is Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 and through 27 says this. And then we'll get into our content. Is everyone who hears these words of mine and does them. Is like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and beat on the house. Can I tell you, if you're in a season of uh, wind, flood, you know, waves, that doesn't necessarily mean you're in sin. It can be. It can mean that there's an area of compromise. We've got to shore up. But really what it says is wind comes, rains come, flood comes. And sometimes you feel like you're drowning. And sometimes you feel like this adversity is going to blow. Come on, you over. Anybody ever felt like that? Sometimes you feel like, man, the, this downpour of adversity will not stop in my life. And, you know, we, we, God, I'm tapping. <laughs> We're good. Okay? I'm good. But here's what it says. But the house didn't fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does them and does not do them is like the foolish man. We see two men. We see two, uh, two, two, two men. We see a wise man and we see a foolish man. And a wise man builds this way. And a foolish man, here's what it builds this way. Because the rain's going to come. The floods are going to come. The winds are going to come, and they're going to beat against the house. And listen, whatever you've built your life on, it will either stand or it will fall. 
Whatever you build your life on, it will stand or it will fall. One of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is self-control. The Bible teaches us that we have a part to play in what God has for us. And many people go to church and they're just like, God, whatever you want to give me. You know, it's like, toppings, toppings. <laughs> it's like the Mary Poppins. It's like, it's like, God, whatever you want to give me, the morsel, the nugget, I'll take it. But the truth of the matter is that God has many things for us. And he, some of this stuff we have to tend, keep, build. Yeah. We have to build it. And so today, my topic is, if we're going to start over, we're going to have to have some self-government. Come on, self-government. You were created, listen to this, to have self-government. That does not mean that we don't submit to God and surrender our identity, but the truth of the matter is, if we cannot control what we say, if we cannot control what we think, if we cannot control how we communicate, if we cannot control anything, then we will never get to the level of freedom, blessings, and success, come on, that God has called us to be. And I think what we want is we're trying to get in the prayer line what God wants us to have a discipline to, to create. Self-government. Self-government. Socially. We have accepted this idea that people cannot control themselves. Come on. Socially, we've accepted. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about medical reasons, okay? I'm talking about we live in this culture where, you know, I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it 100. You know, that's the way I feel, so I'm just going to say. Well, what reality does that really work? Come on, anybody married? What reality does that work? When you just... Say everything that you think. Well, that's the way my daddy was. That's the way his daddy was. That's the way my daddy, daddy was. And I just say it. And y'all just can deal with it. Well, here's the deal. Everybody's leaving your life. You're going to be lonely. Because if we don't have self, come on, government, then what happens is our emotions begin to control our life. And we don't, well, I don't, I'm quitting the team because I feel like it. I'm going to switch this job because I feel like it. I'm going to quit this, I'm going to quit that, I'm going to stop this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to say that, all because I feel like it. Now, I'm not saying that you don't transition. I'm not saying there aren't reasons for, for doing something new. I'm not saying that. But here's the deal. We are not called away from something. We are called to something. God called Abraham to something. God called Jesus to something. And listen, if, if you're, well, I just, I feel called. that it's, it's time for us to, to quit this or to stop this or to this. Okay, my first thought is, what are you called to do? Because it sounds like you're offended. What are you called to do? I'm, you know what? I really feel like in this season, God is calling us to do this, this, and this. Let's go. High fives. I'm for you. What do you need? You know what I'm saying? Well, I just feel like, you know, really, in our marriage, you know, we just never were on the same page. And I just really, I, I just really, I just, you know, listen, I mean, we did, we, tr we tried the best we could, you know, but I've really always loved my girlfriend from high school. Come on, somebody. This is uncomfortable, isn't it? Okay, but, but, but here's my point is if we don't step into this 
then what we'll think is we come to church for Jesus. Here's the thing. We come to church to surrender to Jesus, to be like the Father, and the Father has set up these things that will help us mature and grow. Come on, does that make sense? And God does not necessarily want us led by feelings. Feelings cause us to enjoy life, but they're terrible GPSs. Come on. They're terrible GPSs. God hasn't called us to live it real. God has called us to surrender. And sure, there are moments that we have confrontation. Yeah. There's moments we have hard conversations, and those aren't, those aren't ever fun. Only a certain amount of people love a confrontation. Does that make sense? Ooh, we get to fight. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Most people are like, ah, oh, avoid it at all costs. Man was created to self-govern. God put the tree in the middle of the garden, and that tree represented a choice. God could have put a fence around it, but here's what it had done. As Adam would have multiplied and grown, he would have uh, 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 torn down the fence. God could have put a guard at the tree, but as soon as they had gained enough family, they'd have gone to war against the people guarding the tree. Does that make sense? Because God wanted people to understand that you get to make a choice. And life is a part of choices. And if we always blame, come on, it's very easy to blame. Well, my dad, my left, my mom, this, my dad, they had this issue. And, and so what we do is we make more excuses, but don't really make progress. And then we're okay with, come on. God put the tree in the middle so there would be a choice, a choice. You see, developing self-government helps you become more, listen to this, you're not more loved, but you are more trusted. You're not more loved. God loves you the most he can love you, but you are more trusted. And so let me ask you this. Are you capable? I mean, we're just talking about this. We're just talking broad, so don't get offended. Are you capable of more money? Come on. Are, are you capable of more money? Well, I want it. I understand that. Come on, somebody. I want a lot of things. I want a lot of things. But are you capable of more money? What do, you, what, what do we do with the money we have? How, how is the word budget something that you're like, whoo, a revelation? Or are you something, well, that's never really worked for me. Come on, somebody. Okay, let's talk about this. Well, let's just talk about different things in our, in, in our life. Uh, being alone. Or do you thrive well when you're alone? Do you thrive well on the internet? Do you thrive well when your boss left? Do you thrive? Come on, does that make sense? See, I want more. I want to go to another level. I want to go to the next stage. But yet there's always a tree that's wanting me to move over here. And I've got to realize, look at all of the abundance that I have. I can eat from all of this. But why am I always gravitated to the one thing that will destroy, come on somebody, my life? I want to give you three thoughts that will help you unleash what God has for you. The first one is this, and, and this is things that as Katie and I have lived life, been married 15 years, I've been over in ministry for over 20, 21 years of ministry, and, and, and so I am speaking today on kind of what God has used to make us, and I know that our stories don't immediately translate, but I'm giving you more principles than I am opinions. And so here is the first one. 
If you want to go to the next level and you want to really start over and you want to break through new areas in your life, and we're talking about self-government, you're going to have to build a structure that allows God's way to secure you. Come on, many of us are shifting sand, and it doesn't matter I mean, if it's CNN or Fox News. or It doesn't matter what's going on. We're shifting all the time. You're going to have to allow moments to build a structure in you where it's not my opinion, but I am surrendering, come on somebody, my opinion to build a structure in my life. And here's what I think. I think that we're going to get to heaven, and God is going to love us and wrap us, but I think there's going to be a moment when he's like, do you know all that I have for you? Do you know all that I wanted to move you in? Do you know all the, 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 the plans I had for your kids? Do you know the legacy that was in you? But because we were busy doing a lot of things, we never had a moment to build the structure that would ultimately, come on, change our life. We're going to have to build some structure. Allow God's way to secure you. Listen, listen. God's way is not to make you happy. I'm not saying you can't have happiness. Come on. My kids were born. I was happy. Come on. When my kids uh, go somewhere and it's just me and my wife in my house, I'm happy. When, when, you have, when I get to eat places that I want to eat, I'm happy. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that make me happy. But, but here's the thing is that God's goal was not happiness for us. It was productivity. When we touch it, come on, listen. I, you hear teaching all the time. Well, God's, God, you were made, you were made to worship God. The angels were made to worship God. You were made so that you could do something the angels could not do, and the angels have no free will. They've already made the choice. You were made to create, and that is something that they cannot do because they can only create on orders of God. And so your productivity is worship. Does that mean, I'm not, but, but many people feel like you were created to sing shout to the Lord. You were created to sing the new passion song or hill song or, you know what, uh, 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 he loves me, he loves me, he loves me. No, you were created to take a garden that is small and make it bigger. And in order to do that, guess what? You're going to have to self-govern because there's so many distractions in life. There's so many things that you could do. There's so many thoughts. There's so many things. Does that make sense? Listen, as we look at this, at, you see Adam and Eve in the garden, and they had an opportunity, if they would have continued eating what God had provided, what would have happened to their family? What would have happened to others? What would have happened? See, here's the idea, is that you are so surrendering to me that you will begin to produce things that others can benefit from. You begin to produce something that other people can benefit from. God has a way. We all crave stability. Is that right? Come on, we all crave stability. But the busyness in our lives cause us to trust other systems. So I love God, but I trust my job. I love God, but I trust my degree. Come on. I love God, but I trust my, I lean on my parents. I trust God, but I lean on my whatever it is. And here's the problem with that is that God has a way. 
And if we will work on providing that structure to, to, to move that into our life, God has a way to treat your spouse. God has a way to train your kids. God has a way to look at government. God has a way of experience in science. God has a way for your finances. God has a way for employees and employers. Does that make sense? God has a way, but here's the thing. If we don't ever spend time to build that structure, then what happens is we become shifting. And listen, it's very hurtful when you have been going to church for a long time and we have substitute church as the structure. And then the winds and the rains come, and you think the whole time, I thought I was building something. But building is application. It's taking the content and massaging it into your life like seasoning a steak. How do I take this now? And in a year, I'm going to be a better husband. In a year, I'm going to treat my wife better. In a year, I'm going to, I'm going to say less. I'm going to, my mouth is going to come under submission. And guess what? I'm self-governing myself. I'm not going to blow up on my emotions. I'm not going to blow up in anger. I'm not going to shut down and be silent and spend three days ignoring everybody in the house. Come on, somebody. Come on. See, I'm self-governed because of the principles. Is this good? Come on. Help me now. Today. I pray that your heart would open to the idea that we are not trying to fit God into our life, but we are taking the steps to surrender our life into God's way, into God's structure. Come on, opening your Bible, learning the discipline, discipline. I don't know anybody who, man, you you ever hear people that are like, oh, I just, I was with the Lord today and we just, it's so good. And you're like. I tried to be five minutes and I fell asleep. <laughs> oh man, the word today was so good. I just got into it. I couldn't put it down. I'm like, I can put it down. <laughs> I got a lot of things to do. Does that make sense? But here's what happens is spiritual growth is different than physical. And so spiritual hunger and physical hunger are different. Physically, when you are hungry, your body tells you, come on, it's time to eat. Spiritually, you only get hungry once you eat. You only get hungry spiritually, come on, when you take the time and read and wash your mind with the word. I feel so much better. This is good. I should probably do that again. Oh, miracle. I just had a prayer. It worked. I'm going to do that. And so what happens is you begin to see the results of the investment, so you want to do it. Come on, somebody. More. Here's the thing. I I love that you're here. It would be pretty lonely without you. But the truth is, we carving out time is a discipline. Is a discipline. And taking your life and surrendering it to God's way is a discipline, listen, that will produce much fruit in your life. The second one, real quick. The second one is, the first one was, we've got to build structure, okay? So, So my encouragement to you is, if you don't have a lot of structure, how can you build that? What can you do? Come on, everybody at the first of the year wants to work out a little bit more. And we're good. Come on, we, we get that gym membership. We get that three months. We, we, we're making our plan. Find some structure. The second one is this. Continue serving. Refuse to allow offense to hinder your gifts. 
We're talking about stages of growth. And so here's what happens. I, I, I get so excited when I see people building structure in their life, and all of a sudden they're opening their, uh, their mind up to, to begin to believe God and pray and, and see God move in their life. And, and we see their marriage start to come alive, and we see their kids, and, and, and we see rebellion and pride, and, and God is beginning to flourish people because the Bible says his word does not come back void. Like it will work if we work it in. And so what happens is then people go and, and, and they hear the pastor or preacher or someone and, and serve. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to start serving. I'm going to start getting. I'm going to start doing. But here's what happens is we have enough freedom to kind of get over our, our, our insecurities. We have enough freedom to kind of lean in to uncomfortable places. And then we get offended. And the enemy shuts us down. Come on, you! I, I'm going to do a life group for people, and two people show up, and you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. You know, and so what we do is we feel the pressure of using our gifts, and it didn't work out the way we thought. And so now all these cuss words come into our mind. Come on, we all remember them. Listen, and we're like, you, you made your favorite chili, and you were working on chili just thinking, what are they going to say? This is going to be so odd. And no, everybody in your life group hated it. No one's ever hated your chili. You've won awards for your chili. People have said, when I die... I want you to serve chili to everybody who comes. But here's what happens is we begin to step out, and here's, here's, here's the, the problem. And I think that this is a global problem that, that I want to address real quick. While we love God and love people, you don't serve because of people. You serve because of God. If people are the priority, then you will be offended by the people in your life. I want all of our people to know, worship team, people in the, uh, and over here in the media, people over here, you don't do worship. Come on, Kelsey, Chance, y'all listening? Listen, you, you guys don't, where, where's, who, where are my other worship people? Uh, okay, there's Nick. Uh, who else? All right, people, Luke, team, listen, you're not doing worship. Oh, man, we're just doing it for the people. Because here's the problem, is that Moses wanted to almost kill the people. And the people almost wanted to kill Moses. And there's countless times in the Bible where people were the issue. And so if you're doing anything that you're doing for people, then here's what I'm telling you, is that you will be offended, you will be hurt, and you will, be, and you will leave. And here's the thing, is it won't go away. You'll just do an, go to another church, and the same thing will happen because there is this inherent thing in you to use your gifts and to do what God's called you to do. And so here's the deal. You'll keep trying it, and then you keep trying it, but you'll never break through the ceiling of your feelings. Come on. Because God requires self-government. So it says, take captive our thoughts. Is this good? When you go to a church... You go back home, you go wherever, and you see someone who's been serving for 15 years, you need to know. You need to go up and shake their hand because here's the deal. They've been mad. They've been offended. Someone didn't call them back. They didn't get on planning center. There was an issue. But I wasn't serving you anyway. I was serving God, and because I'm serving God, I can love you. And I'm not worried about how you love me because I'm here to love you because I'm, I got my structure right. Come on, somebody. And then I'm going to continue serving even when people don't do me right. Yeah. 
Is this good? Listen, we got to have a mindset in our church. This is not a job. This ain't Disney World. We're trying to make it so great for people. Hey, how are you? No, no, no. We love God and we serve people. But we don't love people and then use God. Does it make sense? Listen, for all of us, it's very important. Look at this. Psalms 103, 1 through 5. Look at this. I want to read this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Come on, can I remind you of some benefits real quick to serving the Lord? To surrendering to the Lord. Go to that next, do you have that next slide? Is that, is, is that up there? Did I get that? Here are the benefits, and I could read all this, but here are the benefits. The benefits to serving the Lord is he forgives, he heals, he redeems, he grows, he, stra- he satisfies. That's why you do all you do, not because people heal, people hurt. It's not because people will always forgive, they won't. People don't heal. People don't redeem. We're not going around finding people who messed up and go, come on, be my friend again. We're cutting you off Facebook, baby. You're gone. Does this make sense? Look at this. He grows. He satisfies. This is why he has to be first in our life. And when we are getting this from him, what are we expecting from people? See, if I'm getting all this from God, I can go up and love Abel. I can go up and love Eric. I can go up and love, you know, Brian. I can go up and love. I can go up and love people because guess what? I am doing what God sent me to do. I'm not doing something inadvertently for you to get, for you to do something for me. And I'm I'm keeping an invisible tally just to let you know because you know, I went to three baby showers and nobody went to mine. <laughs> it's cool. I visited four people in the hospital, but then when I was in the hospital, nobody was there. <laughs> it's fine. It's good. We're a church. All right, come on. If I'm getting this from him, yeah. I can love all everybody. Yeah. Does this make sense? Yeah. Look at this. The last one is this. Is uh, we're talking about continuing serving. Refuse to allow offense to hinder your gifts. And before I go into the next one, listen, listen, look. This right here is the biggest problem I, I, as a pastor that I see that plagues people. The enemy will use us to stifle us. He will. I don't ever want to be a reason why you get stifled. I don't ever want you to be a reason why I get stifled. I remember one time I was young in ministry, and, uh, and this dad came up, and he didn't like one of the outreaches or one of the events that I did, and he just, he just didn't like it. He told, I mean, he just told me. We need to be about this, this, and this. And I don't want to, Jesus is not up there handing out pizza. I'm like, but he did fish and bread. <laughs> you know what I'm and so I'm like, it's all in my head. And, and, uh, and man, it, I'm going to tell you, I, I was offended. I was mad. And so I left that conversation. Fine, I'm let your kid go to hell. I don't care. I'm just going to give to this one and this one and this one. Come on, is it? Come on, y'all are acting like, oh, y'all know. Stop it. Stop it. And so I thought, dear Lord, I'm going to minister to, when all the kids come in, I'm going to minister to this half and not to you. 
Come on, and in my mind, come on, I'd worked it out. And when that child rebels and goes off, I'm going to stand there going, don't you wish we'd have given them some pizza? You know what I mean? It's just, I had worked it in my head. I just knew. And so, and so uh, I, I carried this for a year, for a year. And, and we were talking one day. He came up, and I was just like, man, I, I need to tell you something. And I did it all wrong. I did. You really made me mad. I've, I've hated you for a year. He just looked at me and he said, he had tears in his eyes. He said, I never meant to hurt you. He said, but you've held on to this for a year. And he said, I guarantee you, it, it stopped your love. And I left and I was broken. That, that somebody could wound me enough to make me not love Somebody else. You know what I, I learned in that moment? That at that moment, my feelings were more God than God. You hear what I'm saying? The third, the, the third one and the last one is this. Is we're talking about when you're going to start over. When you're going to start over. And you're going to grow. Here's the, you're going to have to start sending. And that means developing the discipline, listen to this, of generosity. See, our giving, listen, is sending. It's sending. Do you think that God in all of his attributes were like, man, I hope my children learn to be better getters. Or do you think he was like, I hope my children learn to be better givers. See, here's the thing. When we come in and we give, and I, come on, I, I, I saved this for the third point because so the walls could go up. So, so let's just act like they're not. Okay, let, let's just talk a little bit. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 says this. Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits of all your increase so that your barns will be full with plenty, so that your vats will overflow with new wine. The essence of true worship is giving God your best, not showing up for attendance. Giving God your best. God isn't into leftovers. God wants to be first. He is the best, strongest, all-knowing, powerful. Come on, does this make sense? And God, here's the thing. God, listen to this. God will not accept trinkets. There were times in the Bible that God told the people, don't worship, don't, don't give me any more, don't do any more offerings to me because their heart's not there. They're doing it out of tradition, but they are not bringing me the best. They're not bringing me the first. If God accepted trinkets, then his value, come on, would be less. Many of you own your own business. Come on. And you know that people try to barter. They try to bring down the price. But you are committed to that price because you know it's a fair deal. And if I start bringing this price down in order to make one or two sales, I will never. Come on, does that make sense? Because it communicates value. God is first and best. First and best. All throughout the Bible, listen, there is giving. There is giving. God gave his life. 
God gave us life. He gave us the garden. He gave us a place. He gave us deliverance. He gave us mercy. He gave us Jesus. Jesus gave his life. The disciples gave their life. There is no component, listen to what I'm saying, where giving is not a major theme in the Bible. Over the next couple weeks, we are going to start a new sermon series. And so I'm going to tell you what it is so that if I don't see you for three weeks, I understand. But, but here's the thing, is that we're going to start a, a new um, sermon series called The Generosity Plan. The Generosity Plan. Because here's the thing, is I think that a lot of people think that, well, if God wants me to give more, He will lead me into that. But there is not any attributes that are given. You have to have discipline, listen, to make those thrive. And so here's the deal. I want to be a generous church. I want to do outreach. I want to touch people. In this last year, uh, our giving percentage has been up. We're not hurting. I'm not talking about this because, oh, we're in, we're in tight. Well, you know, mom, mama need a new car. Yeah, listen, listen, we're good. We got money in the savings. We got money in the checking. All of our bills are paid. And people who do business with us love us because we, we pay them quick. My point is this, is if we're really trying to break out and start over and do what God's called us to do, then we have to have a plan for our integrity. We have to have a plan for our character. Come on, is this right? We have to have a plan for our marriage. We've got to have a plan for raising godly kids. And we've got to have a plan for generosity. And over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about the generosity plan. And on December the 2nd, we are going to take up a heart for the house offering that is not a tithe. And so I am giving you time to think about it. Three weeks. I'm not trying to spring it on you and make it emotional. But here's what I am asking you to do. I am asking you to spend some time in prayer and ask God what he wants you to do. You ask God what he wants you to do. Because here's the thing. There's a lot of vision in this house. And, and here's the deal. You want to know how vision grows? Two ways. People and provision. That's how vision grows. And so our church does not get to determine what the vision is, but they do get to determine how fast we get there. People and provision. And so here's the thing. Over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to let you know what we're doing with our money. I'm going to let you know what, what, what missions and outreaches we've done. And I'm going to talk to you. And here's the thing. Katie and I, we're not trying to get a bigger check. We're trying to unleash some people to step into new territories. And I believe that we are here because of the principles that we learned 20 years ago. Okay, 20 years ago. We've given away five cars. We, I mean, they're, 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 and, and I'm going to walk through stories. And you, then you can make the decision on what you want to do. But the truth of the matter is, I believe there are three things that will cause us to go to the next level. And that is build a structure, continue serving, and realize that God gave you resources to start sending so that we could further the kingdom of God in this area. Does that make sense? Come on, is this good? You guys stand up. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.